Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, New York? What's going on, America? I am Rich Valdez right here, 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden right here in New York City. And El Trompito has done it again. That's right. The president has been acquitted, found not guilty for a second time in his impeachment trial. I could not wait to get on the air. I heard this news probably about 24 hours ago yesterday, 3, 4, 5 o'clock, whatever time it was. And I said, man, this is terrific. Just when you think we're going to have to talk about, you know, boring Valentine's Day stuff, El Trompito, Donaldus Magnus, the 45th president of these United States, El Presidente, strikes again. What's up again? It's Rich Valdez, your liberty-loving Latino amigo. And I want to get into a little bit of what happened in the impeachment. Obviously, it's a Valentine's Day massacre of sorts. Um, a, on the New York City subway, there were some slashings, and we're going to get into that. And they caught the guy. And B, the Democrats, their impeachment case was slaughtered in the Senate trial with Donald Trump again making history as the first president to beat impeachment twice. So nice. My guy does it twice. And that's El Trompito Donaldus Magnus. Now, again, Trump was acquitted. His lawyers killed it. They did a fascinating job, a fantastic job. You name the adjective. They did it because... They really did. They turned this thing upside its head because, you know, we were kind of accustomed to the Democrats taking the ball and running with it and constantly running the show and, you know, just smiling through their words. And, you know, well, it was an insurrection and we've got to hold him accountable because if we don't hold the president accountable, he'll do it again. And they just get all uh, excited with this this rhetoric that has no basis in the facts. And. This was a political prosecution just like other political prosecutions that we've seen in Cuba and Colombia and just last week in Myanmar, used to be called Burma. And this is how bullies behave. They always push until they get pushed back. Now, Trump is not confined to the political pressure of the presidency anymore. So the best defense, you know it, is a good offense. That to me is where Trump is right now, where he's now able to to say what he wants to say. He doesn't have to deal with the repercussions of the office that he holds because he doesn't have to sit across the table now with world leaders and this and that. It can be all politics all the time if he wants to. And I think now he can unleash like he did during the campaign in 2016, the, the raw, unvarnished Donald Trump that I think America fell in love with. And, of course, another half of America – namely the Democrats, fell in hate with, right? Or as the great one says, they've got a hate on for him. So recently I was looking at my social media 
And I found it interesting. Somebody on social media tells me that it's really sad that Trump got acquitted. And I replied, yeah, I know. It's really sad. We get four more years of Biden. Uh, They started saying that it was, uh, no, sad because of Trump. And I'm thinking, no, you know, I think it's really sad that Biden starts his administration. He's trying to focus on his 100 days, his first 100 days. And the focus is on the guy that they just uh, tried to oust. Right. So it's interesting that Trump is the headline today. He was the headline yesterday. Guess what? He's going to be the headline tomorrow. And if you're Biden, that's got to suck. Now, some people are surmising and saying, you know what? No, 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 no. Rich, you got this one wrong. That's not the case. As a matter of fact, Biden's doing this so that he can lay low, let Trump stay in the spotlight because that's how he won in the first place. Now, of course, that opens up Pandora's box and a new um, can of worms. Where we, you know, is that really how Biden won? I don't think so. I think he stayed under the radar because he had certain assurances, like the ones that are outlined in the Time magazine article that was a big story last week. And I don't want to go into that right now. But I do want to talk about impeachment and this big victory and how people who, instead of celebrating that their guy is in the office of the president, they're busy focusing on the fact that Trump beat impeachment again and they're so sad for America. So now now it's like, you know, um, the side of America that, you know, stands for the country, that stood with the president, Trump, uh, that believes in conservatism and constitutionalism. These these people are happy that Trump was vindicated and that it was proven that Trump, you know, didn't do what they claimed he did. We're happy. But of course, we were sad last week, right? We went the week before because Trump didn't get back in despite an amazing campaign and winning more votes than anybody. So now it's their turn. And instead of being happy that their guy got in, they're upset that Trump didn't lose. And that, to me, speaks volumes because this is the same guy that they've been trying to fire since he got in and they have not been able to succeed, at least by impeachment and removal from office. But this is the same guy that deported less Latinos than Obama. He boosted the economy and saw the biggest increases in Hispanic homeownership to date. So, yes, it is so sad that we have Joe Biden for the next four years. Now, I realize that not everybody interprets facts the same way. And it's sad that that happens, but I realize that that is a thing. In particular, um, our friends on the other side of the aisle, the Democrats. Now, it's not particularly that I'm a Republican because I'm happy to dismiss Republicans too. I don't necessarily think Republicans are in the right on most issues. I think that they just align more with mine. And I think a lot of people feel the same exact way. The problem is that they don't push back as hard as the Democrats do. They agree to play fair all the time while the Democrats tend to play fast and loose with the rules when it comes to anything, including this impeachment. As you could see, the Constitution says you need a chief justice. And did they have a judge at this quote-unquote trial? No, of course not. They didn't have one. So I think it's one of those things where it was illegitimate from the start. I'm glad it ended the way that it did. I want to get to your calls. We're also going to talk about this attorney, Michael Vanderveen. He uh, was one of the star defense attorneys along with Bruce Castor and David Schoen, who really just put on a a remarkable closing argument and defense throughout and really called them out for what they did. And in a bit, in a a minute, I don't know, three minutes, whatever it's going to be, 
I'm going to let you hear something that I think is pure audio gold, talk radio gold of Michael Vanderveen, President Trump's attorney, just shutting down a fake news anchor in her tracks as they're doing an interview and she's trying to box him in and paint him to a corner. And he's like, no, absolutely not. He's not having it. He says, you're bloodthirsty for ratings and it, it, you're – do not go anywhere because you do not want to miss this audio. But I do want to invite you to call the program. I want you to check out the audio clip. If you want to get a sneak preview of it, it's on my Rumble channel. That's rumble.com, Rich Valdez. Check it out. You can also follow me on Twitter, um, Instagram, Facebook, all of them. Any social media you want, at Rich Valdez, at Rich Valdez with an S. But keep it locked right there. I am Rich Valdez. This is Talk Radio 77 WABC, and you're listening to This is America. He's brown, he's bald, and he's breaking it down. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, New York City, welcome back. I'm trying to be like a cool guy, put my hood on, because, you know, I'm bald. I always say I have a great head of hair, but I am bald, and it's a little chilly in this studio, so I go to throw my hood on, and guess what comes off my headset? And I look, you know, it's one of those uh, behind-the-scenes moments. The guys in the control room are laughing their butts off at me. Welcome back, everybody. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, right here, Talk Radio 77 WABC, for this special live installment of the This Is America podcast. And please make sure that you are checking us out on the podcast platform. Platform on WABCRadio.com, however you get your podcast, Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S on all the social media, and our phone number. If I haven't given it to you, let me give it to you and welcome you and invite you to give us a call, 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-WABC. I see that we have calls from New York City, from Florida, from Scott and Jimmy and Viviana, and we're going to get to everybody in a little bit. But first, ay bendito, ay bendito, andito, let me tell you. What a verbal smackdown President Trump's attorney, Vanderveen, gave to Lana Zak, the fake news anchor person at CBS News who interviewed him and repeatedly tried to cut him off and box him in and get him to agree to something that just wasn't true. It just, quite frankly, was just not accurate. And it's great. I think he did it, A, respectfully, B, passionately. And it was just so spot on. The video's on my Rumble channel if you want to check it out because the audio gives it most of the context, but the video's great. You could see their faces. Her face is priceless because he keeps calling her out. She keeps trying. No, I'm just... Blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's really terrific. Rather than me go through the motions, I want you to hear it. Let's start with uh, Vanderveen prosecution doctored evidence. Check this out. During your closing arguments, you seemingly admitted that there was, in fact, an insurrection, using that word, saying that that, that was not up for debate. What role no, you, did the you, former you president you play? You, not, you didn't understand the case. I used the word I'll give you the opportunity to clarify, my, sir. Sure. I uh, used the word insurrection in my closing argument when quoting the charging documents. Um, what happened at the Capitol on January 6th is absolutely horrific. But what happened at the Capitol during this trial was uh, not too far away from that. The prosecutors in this case doctored evidence. They did not investigate this case, and when they had to come uh, to the court of the Senate to put their case on, because they hadn't done any investigation, they doctored evidence. It was absolutely shocking, I think, uh, when, uh, when we discovered it and we were able to expose it and put it out. Uh, I think it turned a lot of senators. The American people should not be putting up with this. 
they need to look at who uh, who these house managers were uh, and look to see whether these are the folks they want representing them. It was absolutely, it was shocking to me. Applauso to Attorney Vanderveen. Now, check this out. It wasn't the end there. Not only does he set her straight, but then she keeps trying to box him in, which is it's remarkable. And she's like getting a little flustered, like, no, 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 you don't understand, sir. I am going to box you in. And he's like, oh, no, you're not. And it's a real mic drop moment. But it's not literally later on that comes the actual mic drop, which is the best part of all of this. But I want you to hear now the next clip where he says, I can't believe you would ask a question that minimizes how they doctored the evidence. Amazing. Check this out. Let's follow up with uh, with a point that you're making right now about the house managers, as you say, doctoring evidence and uh, and the argument. They didn't, de- uh, they didn't deny it. Viewers, they didn't deny it. Uh, I put it in for, front of them to be three clear times. For our viewers, what, what you're what you're talking about now is is a check mark. Uh, that's a verification on Twitter that that did not exist on that particular tweet. Uh, a 2020 that should have actually read 2021, um, and the selective editing you say of, of the tapes is that how is wait, that wait, the doctor evidence wait, wait, of what you're speaking? Wait. That's not enough for you. That's not enough for you. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. I am not a juror in this trial. What I'm trying to be clear for our viewers is what what you're referring to. Because not everybody has been following. It's not okay to doctor a little bit of evidence. Respectfully. I have not said it is okay. Ma'am, your question is I want to be clear for our viewers. Listen, what has to happen is I want to be clear for our viewers about what exactly you're saying when you say doctored evidence. The media has to start telling the right story in this country. The media is trying to divide this country. You are bloodthirsty for ratings. And as such, you're asking questions now that are already uh, uh, set up with a fact pattern. I can't believe you would ask me a question indicating that it's all right just to doctor a little bit of evidence. Let me tell you. This is a seven-minute clip of audio that, honestly, if I had more than an hour, I would have cut this into equal pieces and let you hear the whole thing because the whole thing is so good. Now, when she mentioned selectively editing, I want to just make a very clear statement. I've edited videos. I've edited audio uh, being a producer you know, for Project Veritas, and this term, selectively edited, has been something I've pushed back on for a long time because you know what? Is there a way you can edit that's not selective? Yeah, for those of you who've ever edited anything, you know exactly what you're taking out, the stuff you don't want, and you keep the stuff that you're going to take and put on the air. That's how you edit. So yes, all editing is selective. To say that it's selectively edited is stupid. Now, some people like to say deceptively edited, and that is the better term because that's what the Democrats tried to do here. The Democrats added a blue check mark to make this person who was some nobody on Twitter look as if they were some grandiose person that made this, this phenomenal statement and... The whole thing was a lie. It's just a lie. It's kind of like saying I was wearing a light blue shirt and a dark blue pair of pants, and then we just superimposed a little badge over my left thing. Oh, I'm not really a cop. I just – the point is it was fake. Then the biggest point he makes when she says, well, what you were trying to say was 2020, not 2021. This is not some oversight. One year, people do this to fake IDs all the time so they can drink, so they can go to a party, so they can go to a club. 
People do this to commit insurance fraud and all sorts of bank and wire fraud. You're going to be in one of the biggest trials in, in the United States history, and you're going to start doctoring evidence. The Democrats changing the date on a tweet so that it fits into the timeline to make it look like somebody said that back then instead of saying it now. That is utter insanity, and he's right. We can't sit here and minimize that. But the mic drop comes up now when she continues to push, and he's had enough. Check this out. A, a, slant, a, a slanted question, a slanted question that was set up question. to say it's okay for them to cheat. That was your question. Isn't it okay for that. them to cheat? I didn't it's say just that. a little bit. You, you said, know, to be fair, it was only fine. a check on the Twitter. Not, That's what you said. You got to live by your words. I, uh, That's I, the problem. Uh, the media uh, has uh, to start living by the truth and not try to right. create a narrative. Michael Vanderveen. Yeah. Thank you for Citizen. joining us. I, I do appreciate. Yeah. Okay. I, I, yeah, I that little taking off your microphone now. <laughs> that little sound that sounded like this. That was him dropping his mic for real. I applaud attorney Michael Vanderveen, not because of he had the because he had the gumption to do what he did, but because he had the ability to articulate while he was frustrated. I know so many of you like me, New Yorkers that are out there, whether you live in Jersey, Connecticut, wherever, it's beautiful to know. The other day, just quick aside, I was um, talking to somebody that was like, oh, I'm, I'm listening from God, where were they from? Boston. They were like, I'm in Boston. I was like, oh, do you listen to the WABC app? And he was like, no, I got you right on the AM dial. And I said, man, what a powerhouse blowtorch WABC is. I can tell you that our friends on those other stations here in New York, they do not enjoy that. <laughs> they don't have listeners calling in from Massachusetts or Florida or anywhere else. But – and we're going to get to your calls. That, that, and that wasn't a dig. That was just really kudos to, to the amazing signal of this station. When, when I heard this mic drop – I said, you know what? So many of us that are in this listening area, we get frustrated and lots of things start to fly out of our mouths, principally around here and at least in the outer boroughs. It's the F-bomb, right? It just flies. And so, you know, people get frustrated and they're like, oh, beep, beep, beep. That's what you end up hearing. This guy got frustrated and the words came out of his mouth remarkably. I mean, he just made it so clear and so effective that, no, it's wrong to defend the Democrats when they're changing evidence, doctoring photos, playing clips where the president says, go to Congress and peacefully and patriotically let your voices be heard, and they cut out those words. That, my friends, is not legit. With that, we're going to go to your calls. I want to go to Brooklyn, New York. Let's go to Viviana. Viviana, what's going on? Hey, Rich. Hey, what's going on? Your opening statement was a bomb. Oh, thank you so much. Excellent. I appreciate, I appreciate that. You. Listen, mm-hmm. the same the same point that um, Vander was it Vander Linden made in terms of it was okay to doctor a little bit. Well, have you seen the Mike Lindell um, video about? Um, I, I've seen about half of it, so I can't really get into all of it. But I did see about half of it because it's really long. Okay, the thing is though that. We, if we're going to be constitutionalists, it's not a little bit of cheating, a little bit of election fraud. This was massive. This had China's footprint or everything else. That was the reason why, and I believe firmly, that Pelosi and company had something to do with that mock insurrection. 
Well, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up because Pelosi, I mean, I think every time that she gets to a microphone, every time she has an opportunity to say something, she's out there stoking the flames. This most recent one, she says that the 40 some odd Republicans that voted for the Constitution, that voted to not criminalize and not uh, oust a, a private citizen from office he doesn't hold – that they were cowards, that it was an act of cowardice, and because of them, everybody's paying the price. I mean, her rhetoric is so beyond the pale. And we actually have a clip on that uh, from attorney Bruce Castor, so I'm glad you brought that up, Viviana, where he says that this has no place in American politics, and I agree with that. An appearance by the speaker. She said that the Republicans who voted uh, to um, acquit President Trump today voted as an act of cowardice. She said their vote was cowardly. What's your response to that? You know, it's appalling that our, our high public officials speak that way about each other ever. And the Speaker of the House is supposed to be a revered person. A United States senator is supposed to be and is a revered person. Those sorts of comments have no place in a government that has to work together to get things done. The government does have to work together to get things done. This is why we need to have common sense solutions and get along with people, even if you disagree with them and you vehemently disagree with their with their uh, dogmatic beliefs. Fine. We still have to govern for the sake of the people. So like Viviana said, yeah, you can't be a little bit pregnant. You can't be a little bit in the game. You got to be 100 percent all in for America. You either love America or you don't. That's basically what it comes down to. Now, straight ahead, we're going to get into uh, New York City subway slashings, the air quality in the subways. People are moving out of the city at record pace. And anything I don't get to, you'll get to hear tomorrow. We're two hours live on WLIR uh, Monday through Friday, so don't miss that. You can get that right on WABCRadio.com or if you're in Long Island on 107.1. That's Talk Radio 107.1. But that and your calls, plus Lindsey Graham says, que mala eres, that's right, que mala eres, the vice president. She may, in fact, be impeached if, he, if the GOP and him get a chance. Keep it locked right there. I am Rich Valdez with an S. Para Inglés, o primo número dos. Para Rich Valdez. Y esto es America. Ahora. All right, New York City, welcome back. Everybody in America listening on WABCRadio.com. I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S on all social media. And we're getting into this topic over the weekend. It's Valentine's Day weekend, and it's been a Valentine's Day massacre on the New York City subways. There was a slasher, two people dead, two people wounded. Uh, I saw – and it's funny. I, I kind of check out on Saturdays. If I don't have to work, I really try not to follow the news. I'll watch anything, anything, you name it, Real Housewives of this and that, uh, crazy doctor, podiatrist, surgery, foot surgery, you name I will watch anything to just decompress from the news. And what I found interesting was my kids – that, you know, as they're growing up, they grow up around me and in this world. And, you know, they, uh, they're like, Dad, did you see this thing? Be careful on the subway. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she sends me this picture of a dude that's laid out on a train, on the A train. And he's laid out across the bench on the A train, blood everywhere. And I'm thinking, this is Photoshop. It's fake. I would have heard about it. I would have gotten an alert on my phone. But for uh, – the sake of argument, I go and I check it out and I see news stories all over the place that are a couple of hours uh, old. You know, another person was killed on the subway from a slashing, this and that. They bled out on the train and it was real. I don't know if the picture was real, but 
the story was real and it was continuing from Friday night. And I said, man, this is some crazy stuff. So I'm reading it and I, I see that, you know, they, they were looking for the suspect and then I checked back because, you know, once you give me a good story, then I'm on it. You know, then it's like I can't watch my uh, – the show I was watching, I think it's called The Toe Bro. And he just – people come in with just crazy stuff with their feet and he hooks it up and they uh, they do bone grafts and skin grafts and all sorts of stuff. And it's just – I didn't know that even existed. I've never had foot surgery. Anyway. Point is, it's an interesting show, and I was just talking about about that with one of our guys. So I'm looking at this. Um... Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. I'm Su Lin Wong, host of The Prince, a new podcast series from The Economist. It's about China's leader, Xi Jinping. He's the most powerful man in the world, but he remains a mystery. His story is hidden behind a brutal censorship and propaganda machine. After 10 years in charge, it looks like he'll break convention to stay on, perhaps for the rest of his life. I'll tell the real story of China's leader, the lessons he learned from watching his parents lose everything and from rising through the ranks of a vicious regime. Now, he's using those lessons to control over a billion people. He's changed China, he's changed my life, and the decisions he makes affect us all. To understand what's next, you need to know where he came from. Listen to The Prince from The Economist, wherever you get your podcasts. Headline from the New York Post, the A-Train Ripper is what they dubbed him, and he's identified as, because he's captured, Rigoberto Lopez, homeless man from Brooklyn. This is a guy that went slashing people around. He's a 20-year-old, 21-year-old homeless man from Brooklyn who confessed to the weekend subway slashing spree. And guess what? He's been previously busted at least four times, including for allegedly assaulting a cop and his own father. Now, what's interesting, I'm going to stop right there because there was a story last January of a 92-year-old woman who was killed, strangled to death, and then raped after she was murdered at midnight right outside her house. She'd gone outside to pick up bread from the bakery. They closed at midnight, and they were getting rid of the bread, and she would get the bread and give it to homeless people. 92-year-old Dominican grandma. Turns out there's like seven degrees of separation and she's related to somebody from my family. I didn't know that and uh, you know they told me about it. I said, wow, I'll talk about it. I'll do a whole show on it and I did at the time. And then it became really big news and President Trump had her over – uh, the, the granddaughter, Daria, had her over to the White House. And then when I gave a presentation at CPAC last year, the Conservative Political Action Conference – we um, talked about my interview with Daria, her surviving granddaughter, and gave us all the, the gruesome details and just you know her efforts moving forward to try to make sure that illegal aliens – because this was an illegal alien from Guyana who was – same thing, had been arrested before for assaulting his own father. 
And that's how I made the connection. And you've got – when people are assaulting their own parents, I think all bets need to be off. You've got to say, all right, this is a dangerous person. This is not somebody that we should just, oh, they had a fight. It got out of hand. Tempers flared. No, I don't think so. I think you got to get really uh, serious with stuff like that. So this guy, Rigoberto Lopez, who lives in a shelter, and I'm not saying he's in Lake Leland. I don't know. Uh, I really don't know anything about it. But he lives in a shelter in Borum Hill. I'm going to stop again. People living in shelters is the new Antifa. This is literally how they do it in Portland. The Antifa people don't even have homes, some of them, especially the most dangerous ones. That kid, and I'm all over the place, but it's bear with me. Try to track with this. That kid, Kyle Rittenhouse, the dude that he shot, that guy was a shelter guy who had a conviction for some sort of child sexual assault. He was like a pedophile. The, these people are the people that get into the to the low-level Antifa stuff. They're not the George Soros people, but these are the foot soldiers. And they find these people that are emotionally disturbed, people that need help, people living in shelters, and, and they resort to these crimes. This is why I'm not saying we have to get rid of shelters. I am saying we need to help the people in the shelter. And we have to have a system in, in the city where and in the country where we help people to move forward, where we give them a hand up and not a hand out because that's the only way we're going to survive. But anyway, this guy lives in a shelter in Brooklyn. He's battled mental health issues. He was charged with one count of first-degree murder, two counts of second-degree murder, and two counts of second-degree attempted murder over his latest alleged crime spree. And th- this happened again in the last 48 hours. So people who were, you know, wow, it's great to get out. New York City's finally uh, having restaurants open again. We have indoor dining at 25%. And this guy's out there slashing people. Literally Jack the Ripper or the A-Train Ripper. This is a disgrace. And I have to say, this is to me, this falls on the shoulders of the leadership. It falls on Governor Cuomo. It falls on Mayor de Blasio and Cuomo. He's not getting off uh, off that easy. We're going to get to him and his uh, little cover-up on the nursing homes in a little bit. But right now, my thinking is this is very serious. We need people like Curtis Lewa to run for mayor. I'm looking at another article here. John Katz, John Katz and Matidis, uh, the owner of Red Apple Media, which is the parent of this uh, radio station, 77 WABC. He's thinking of running for mayor. Amen, God bless. The more the merrier. Let's get it going. Right. I mean, we need people that know how to run an organization. We need people that are about law and order, taking it to the streets, cleaning up the subways, uh, stuff that I personally witnessed Curtis Lee would do when I was a kid. And we need that now because it's out of control. You know, I remember as a kid, my mother pulling me close to her when two guys were getting into it on the, on the subway and one guy pulls out a knife to, at the aggressor. Because the aggressor was threatening that he had a gun. Now, I think the whole time he was bluffing. But the guy with the knife pulled out his knife and was like, yo, get out of here. And the guy got out of there. And these are things, again, I was probably seven years old at the time. And it's amazing how here we are, you know, decades later, and people are getting slashed on the subway. Like, what is that? How do how does that happen? It happens when people are addicted to poverty. They turn to a life of crime. And we start programs like Thrive NYC, and nothing happens. That has to stop because these types of killings are killing America. They're killing New York City. They're killing the ability for businesses to thrive. Everybody's leaving the city. Thank God the restaurants are opening. But it's not enough. Now, switching gears a little bit, I'm going to get to your calls in a second. But I want to talk about 
impeachment once we're done talking about Cuomo. So I'm trying to save as much time as I can because there's so much I want to say. There's, you know, there's all this other impeachment about Kamala Harris and Lindsey Graham. So we're going to discuss that. But before we do, I want to go to uh, Scott in Florida. Scott, keep it clean. What's on your mind? Uh, good afternoon, Mr. Valdez. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you, sir. How's the weather in Florida? My heart. It's um, we're in shorts. It's uh, no snow. I paid my dues with uh, snow, uh, shoveling snow, falling on ice. I don't wearing uh, 50 pounds of boots and coats. I don't miss those days at all. Yeah. So anyway, thanks for asking. You know, my heart breaks for President Trump. I want you listeners to realize that no president, think of this, has been persecuted, maligned, tortured, slandered as this president has been. And President Trump's second impeachment smacks of a witch hunt and a show trial that's reminiscent of Joseph Stalin's Russia during the 1930s. You know, if I was President Trump, he has an army of lawyers, correct, Mr. Valdez? Sounds about right. At least two or three that I've seen. Pretty good ones. Very good. If I was President Trump, forget about running again. I would get all my lawyers together, and I would sue Charles Schumer, Adam Schiff, Jerry Nadler, Nancy Pelosi, James Comey. Mitch McConnell would take years and years for slander, libel, defamation of character, how they destroyed his office, destroyed him as an individual, railroaded him. Now, I think you're right, Scott. I think you're bringing up a good point that they should be held accountable, even if it's civil liability or whatever. I don't know that he's going to do that or if he can even do it because I could do it, maybe. You could do it, definitely. But Trump can definitely not do it uh, because of his public uh, figure status. He's a former president. Now, there's certain instances where, you know, even even being a public figure, you can still make the case. But I don't know that that's going to be a a very effective strategy for him right here, because, again, this is a game. And I, I say game because there's a way you play it, at least from my experience working in state politics and having been involved in national elections and whatnot. And one of the things that I've learned is that this thing is about winning elections. Make no mistake, it's always about winning elections. It always has been. I had this big back and forth with my brother, and he was uh, he loved the conspiracy stuff, and, and he's all about that. And he's like, no, but this isn't business as usual. It's not politics as usual. And I'm thinking, politics as usual is never politics as usual. It's always about dirt. It's always about slander. It's always about cheating. It's This is how these people play. And when I say these people, I'm talking about the Democrats, at least in my lifetime, have always played that way. Always. Mind you, I lived in Schumer's district and then moved out of Brooklyn and moved to Jersey where politics really gets dirty, right? Because it really does. I mean, the, the things that I've seen in New Jersey are only comparable to things that you've read about from third world countries. And that's how politics is in New Jersey. This is, I mean, they, nothing goes unnoticed, nothing goes unpunished, no good deed at least. So I think you look at all of that and you think, man, this is about winning elections. And I think Trump right now has an excellent opportunity. You've got Lindsey Graham saying, I'm going to meet with President Trump. We're going to talk about the future of the Republican Party. You've got um, Mark Meadows also saying, you know, we're going to meet with the president and he went to Mar-a-Lago and whatever. They want Trump because they realize Trump can hurt them big time by saying, you know what? I'm out. I'm not a Republican anymore. And I'm only waiting for a reason. Now, if somebody else, if, you know, let's say Ted Cruz said, hey, guess what, guys? I'm not a Republican anymore. I'm starting a new party. You're going to hear a, a bunch of people going, oh, it's, it's too bad, Senator. Take care. But when Trump says it, and it's not because Ted Cruz lacks anything. He's brilliant and he should, you know, likely uh, – I've always said I think he'd be great on the Supreme Court. 
up until his most recent uh, opinion of of the impeachment saying that it may in fact be legitimate um, the whole course of it but anyway putting that aside Trump can do it Trump's proven that he can coalesce people he can do the organizing he has the gravitas people like what he has to say because they feel like he represents their interests something they don't see in the Republican Party other than their positions on policy but the people, they don't believe in Mitch McConnell. They don't believe in Lindsey Graham. Uh, I don't think they really believe in Senator Ted Cruz anymore after what he wrote last week. So I think, man, we're, you're in, you Republicans are in tough shape because I'll vote for a Republican. I probably won't vote for a Democrat unless they're like, hey, I'm a Bible-believing, conservative, liberty-loving Democrat. Hard to find one of those, right? So it's unlikely that I'll do that and there's a lot like me. But one thing that I can say, Oh, boy, is Trump, right? Trump really makes the connection. He's a master marketer. He's a great American. So when you look at that and you say, hmm, we don't want to mess with Trump. So they need Trump. Trump doesn't necessarily need them. He can build. They want to keep him in the big tent and keep the big tent together. And I got to tell you, this is one I'm all about keeping America together. I really don't care to keep the Republican Party together. I, I, you can call me whatever, the Tea Party, the Patriot Party, whatever they want to call it. I'm happy to sign on to that because I do want to see Washington broken and destroyed. Now, if you want to record that and put it in the newspaper, go right ahead. What I mean is I sent Trump to be a bull in a China shop. I wanted him to go to Washington and break everything. I would love if Trump were to go to Washington and say, who needs a federal department of education? We've decided we are not going to have a department of education anymore. Believe me. Believe me. It's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. It's going to be the best dismantling of an education department ever. And I would love that. I would love it because what do we need it for? The DOE has become a bank to manage student loans. And again, I'm going off on a tangent. But my point is not necessary. Trump can do that. They can't. They need El Trumpito. So I think Graham is smart when he says, I don't see how Kamala Harris doesn't get impeached. I want you to hear this. Check this out. I thought the impeachment trial was not only unconstitutional, I condemn what happened on January the 6th, but the process they used to impeach this president was an affront to rule of law. He's the first president to ever impeached, be impeached without a lawyer, without a witness, without our ability to confront the, those against him. And the trial record was a complete joke, hearsay upon hearsay, and we've opened Pandora's box to future presidents. And if you use this model, I don't know how Kamala Harris doesn't get impeached if the Republicans take over the House because she actually bailed out rioters and one of the rioters went back to the streets and broke somebody's head open. So we've opened Pandora's box here and I'm sad for the country. That is your vice president, ladies and gentlemen, mine too. Kemala Harris. That's right. Kemala Harris, vice president Kemala Harris. She is now in the uh, sights of Senator Lindsey Graham and the Republicans because of what they've done. They've done this. So when she starts saying this is a witch hunt, this is unconstitutional, this is wrong, nobody's going to care because they're going to say you did the same thing to Donaldus Magnus El Trompito, the 45th president of these United States, El Presidente. And that's where it's going to lie. Anyway, we're going to talk about that. We're going to get to Cuomo as soon as we get back. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. He's making podcasting great again. 
This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, welcome back, America. Welcome back, New York City. Everybody listening in the five boroughs out on Long Island. Everybody in 1071 Talk Radio, 1071 World. And of course, everybody listening across America on WABCRadio.com or the podcast version on any podcast app. Make sure you check out This Is America. Have a friend sign up, subscribe, get the alerts because we uh, try to drop as much as we can into the shortest amount of time because we know your commute isn't that long and you don't want to hear too much fluff. So I try to get right down to it. We're going to get to your phone calls, 1-800-848-9222 on this live version of This Is America. And we're going to hear a little bit about, I was going to say Mario Cuomo, rest in peace, uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo. But first, let's go to Victor in Long Island. Tell me, brother, what is your beef? My beef is I heard the previous caller mention Joseph Stalin. Now, I lived under Stalin, and I, lived, I, I watched election under Stalin. Sorry to hear that. And his famous, his famous saying, it doesn't matter who votes, what matters is who counts the votes. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Now, where did, you, where did you grow up? That's exactly what we had. It matters who counted the votes, not who voted. Where did you grow up? I, will, I will grew up in Poland. Wow. Well, you know, and the second, mm-hmm. the second is when Stalin famously said, "Those who agree with me, you can put your hands down and walk away from the wall." <laughs> you know, that reminds me of a quote from Mao Zedong, who says that political power comes from the barrel of a gun. Obviously, these two guys studied in the same place at the Marxist University. And Victor, I thank you for your call because it, it's so true. This is how they've rolled it. They don't, they don't make any uh, misgivings about it. They are honest in how they do what they do. So again, thank you, Victor, calling in from Long Island. I appreciate you. Make sure you check out the show on Talk Radio 1071. And let's go to uh, our resident expert on all things communist, Jimmy from Brooklyn. Jimmy, what's up? Yeah, you're doing a great show. For your last caller, the man from Poland who lived under Stalin. Yes. I have communist publications where the Soviets were bragging about working with Hitler, saying there's no way to drive a wedge between the the Soviets and and Hitler's forces. And they talked about the glorious day when the Soviet forces crossed the former Polish border. This was actually printed. I have loads of this stuff. In English, I only read English. So the communists, we, we're called now fascists when it was the left who built the fascists. They built the fascist movement. Mm-hmm. We're, we're in incredible uh, trouble here. Uh, getting back to Cuomo. Yes. Cuomo, Osama bin Laden killed 3,000 Americans. We went to war because of that. Cuomo's responsible for 15,000 deaths. Now, we can't blame it all on Cuomo. We can't forget that this this virus came from communist China. This Frankenstein virus put together with different pieces came from China that imposed a work stoppage in this country, a general strike in communist teaching that brought our economy down. It killed hundreds of thousands of people, and it helped get their preferred candidate to become president. So yeah. this is how yeah, the- You're right. That's a great point. Without Cuomo and this uh, absolutely insane pandemic, or I should say response to the pandemic and how we no longer vote. You know, interesting. Yesterday I shared this on on social media. But what was really interesting was 
I went to a tailor yesterday, my tailor. His name is Mustafa, Tailoring by Mustafa in Spanish, Sasteria Mustafa in Union City, New Jersey. Big shout out to him. And I, uh, he tells me, hey, do you think uh, things were kind of uh, weird with this whole mail-in voting? And I was like, what do you mean? And he just went on for 30 minutes telling me about what he found was odd about how the whole mail-in vote thing happened. And I, um, his own personal observations, this wasn't me asking or even giving an opinion. This was just him telling me what was happening. And I found it fascinating because I didn't, all I said was, how you been? <laughs> Haven't been there in a while. And he went down this, this, uh, this line of discussion where I thought, this is a guy that doesn't even care about politics. We usually talk about, you know, music and whatever and, you know, ancient kind of like Mesopotamian history and things of that nature. He's a history buff. So I say that to say this is something that is on people's minds. People want to have these conversations. They, they are noticing things. This is a guy that's in his 60s and has been voting in the same voting place his entire career uh, as an American, right? His entire tenure as an American. He's an immigrant from the Dominican Republic. And I found it just fascinating that he was calling out these things, saying, you know, something didn't smell right, this, that, the other thing. And I'm thinking, wow, it's just amazing how people notice these things when they don't have the blinders on, when they aren't uh, afraid to have an honest conversation about what the caller Victor mentioned earlier about it's not about who votes but who counts the votes. And it's a very you know poignant historical reference from Joseph Stalin. And like Jimmy from Brooklyn said, this is exactly how the communist, how the, the Marxist does this. And they have given this birth to the left. This is their thing. Mussolini kind of perfected it with fascism. And now they have so many models that they can look at here in the United States. So, it, you know, to me, I'm very happy. I'm always excited when I hear one of my colleagues when they're on their program and they call out Cuomo for employing these tactics. And just yesterday, Judge Jeanine Pirro, our colleague here at uh, Talk Radio 77 WABC, she called out Andrew Cuomo and here's what she had to say. Now there is a case that involves direct evidence of a cover-up. What you've got is a man who drafted an opinion on March 25th saying that the elderly who were infected with COVID should go back into the nursing homes. That was a decision essentially to kill seniors, the ones who are the most vulnerable in those nursing homes. He knew it was wrong, and yet he did it. The question is, why did he do it? As a prosecutor and as a judge, that's not an issue for me, but I'll tell you why he did it. He did it to keep the hospitals open. He did it to make sure that the New York hospitals would be able to continue to make money and not have to deal with complete Medicare uh, uh, patients and Medicaid patients. Okay. Wow. Well, there you have it. I think that's really interesting. And I want to get into that, uh, especially in depth tomorrow uh, from 10 to noon. You can check me out on Talk Radio 1071. That's the FM signal of Talk Radio WABC. So you can just go to WABCradio.com, click on the Talk Radio 1071 stream, and boom, you're in live. We'll be taking your calls. Same number as always, 1-800-848-9222. Now up next, our Gumbadi Cheech, Lydia Serrana, is going to be in here with the rundown, so keep it locked right there. Hasta la próxima. Until next time, I am Rich Valdez, and make sure, again, you check me out on 
uh, richvaldez.com, of course, but at richvaldez on social media. I'd love to get your comments and your feedback, and uh, I will mention your comments on the air if I get to see them in time. I think that's it. They're kicking me out. Here it is. Lydia's banging down the door. Chad Lopez is trying to get me out of here. Keep it locked right there, everybody. I'm Rich Valdez. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade.